Hey, photographers, welcome to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz, and really I'm just here to help you build a sustainable photography business. That certainly means helping you improve your photographic skills and enabling you to become a stronger business owner, but it also means helping you work more efficiently so you don't get burnt out in the long run. We are sponsored by PhotographersEdit.com, custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and Milu.com, that's M-I-I-L-U.com, the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing. All right, let's get into today's episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back for another Boca Podcast episode. And uh, I have to say, this is actually a first, which is a bit ironic. My friend Sean Austin is here with me. Sean, I, I actually looked back at our the episodes that we've done together. You've been on the show six additional times, um, plus today. <laughs> wow, I didn't today. know it was that many times. That's crazy. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, we. so we've done a variety of episodes. And for anybody listening in who has not heard any of them or has not heard all of them, uh, we'll figure out a way to put all of them, links to all of them, in the show notes of bookapodcast.com. Uh, it, it has been a variety of formats, too. I mean, Sean, you and I have been friends for a while, so we it, conversation just kind of naturally flows. We've gotten to a variety of things. We've done some joint episodes with your wife, uh, with Todd Watson from uh, Show It, and we did, I think, a Workflow Wednesday. Anyway, yeah, six other episodes. This is number seven, definitely a first for any of our guests, so thanks for doing it again. My pleasure. I always look forward to it. I didn't know it was six times. But it has been fun watching this platform grow, watching you grow as a communicator. And I always love our talks with or without mics. So thank you so much for having me on. Well, and, and I, this is something that I know we've talked about off air as well, but the, I, I feel challenged in various ways in our conversations over time. Um, in fact, I'm looking forward even to today's conversation because I, I think your insight is going to be compelling not only for our listeners, but for me personally, too. I mean, something that you and I, I think, can relate on very much, particularly at this stage in our lives, is that we both want to grow. Mm -hmm. And for everybody listening in, any introductory conversations around Sean and who he is and his company, Kiss, and so forth, you can get that stuff from the other episodes. We're going to jump right into a conversation today, which I think is super compelling. And it's this idea of becoming the next version of ourselves in the context, too, Sean, of our culture seemingly be a kind of being obsessed in some ways with like grabbing on to one label and then just kind of fitting in that box and staying in that place. This is especially compelling to me. And, and, and so we're going to get into the kind of the nitty gritty of that in a second. But before we do, speaking of growth, I'm curious what has been the toughest lesson for you during COVID and, and for everybody listening in right now, it's December um, we've been dealing with, with, of course, coronavirus around the world for the last six, seven months in particular. What's been the toughest lesson for you, Sean? Yeah, it's such a great question. And I actually was just talking about this on Instagram today, probably knowing that this was this interview was coming and things. It's been a year. There's no doubt about it. And the biggest challenge to me was the fact that I am really not in control of things that I'd really like to be in control of. Ah. So when it, when it comes to this idea of control, uh, it feels like we have control over so many things. Um, but what I had started to relate it to was like, if I want to control like the weather, um, I cannot control the weather clearly, but if I love the sun, and I want to be in the sun, you know, year round, 
it's not very likely I'd live in a place like Chicago or Seattle or the Midwest for that matter. <laughs> sure. I'd choose, I'd choose San, like San Diego. I'd choose San Diego or something like that because you know, it's more likely going to be sunny there than it is in like, you know, January in Indiana where I live. So it was just, it was in my face all year of like, okay, here's another thing that you can't control. What are you going to do about it? And so that was probably the most difficult thing was like, it just, it started to like really break me down. I came, I came in it kind of hot, like, okay, we got this. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be, I'm going to show up more. I'm going to help people through this. And then I got tired partway through it. Like, yeah, wow, I really don't have control of things I want to, whether I was helping somebody or not having anything left for myself, I just started to kind of deteriorate on this like positive mindset. And I, and that's what it came down to. Once the lights came on of like, I'm aware now that I don't have control over the amount of things that I think I do. I was like, okay, now I can deal with it a little more. Like it became clear. It felt like the lights came on a little bit more. It was difficult, but I was so grateful to have gone through it for sure. I was listening to a podcast episode recently. Uh, Dax Shepard hosts, and he's a, an actor and, and producer, hosts a podcast, very popular one at this point. But he, he had on as a guest, Yuval Harari, uh, who wrote or has written a number of books. Uh, but he was talking about the concept of, of Buddhism and more specifically as it relates to the idea of peace or happiness. And kind of the antithesis of happiness, he suggested or pointed out, uh, at least based on kind of the, the, the series of beliefs that Buddhists hold, is uh, based around craving. If we crave something, there's opportunity there for suffering. <laughs> Use the, op- the word opportunity kind of tongue in cheek, but there is the likelihood is probably a better word for suffering when there is craving. I would probably add to that, that there is also a likelihood of suffering when we try to maintain control. Of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so this is pretty compelling to me because I know that I've experienced this personally, certainly in my life this year as well. Is there a, was there a kind of a turning point uh, or not even a turning point? You said that there was a turning point, a realization of, okay, I, mm-hmm. I don't have control. What did you do from that place though, to get to a better space mentally? Yeah, I think it comes down to uh, once the awareness is there, there is this this like concept that I have learned. Uh, my wife just shared this with like a group of people as well that I was watching in on on one of her lives. It's like if you picture like a rubber band and you put you know you put it part of it in your right hand, part of it in your left hand. Uh, the whole purpose of it is to like hold things together or to create tension on something. Now, if you pull it too far, it can likely break. Um, and that is that is considered chaos. And if you don't pull it hard enough at all, then the whole purpose of it kind of goes away. Um, and so trying to figure out like, okay, now I'm aware that I don't have control over thing, uh, over as many things as I would like to. But what is the tension that I can cause that's not chaos? It's not overly, I'm not pulling too hard so that I can get stuff done and utilize this concept to actually like have the, I call it creative tension Yeah. because in creative tension, it's like the creativity keeps it to where our heart is a piece of it. Yeah. Because if I'm just trying to get it perfect, that's just my mind working and trying to create order. We all want and long for order. And sometimes the tension, um, like our mind doesn't really like the tension. It means there's change coming. Yeah. It means you're pulling on something to change. The brain typically tries to shut that down, but once I'm aware of it, then I can 
pull it enough to where, Hey, I get my brain on board. Therefore my body or my heart or my creative spirit can then kind of build into that. So then I started to just try and respond to that. Okay. I have the tension. I have the awareness. I feel like I'm in a good space. I feel like I'm starting to get order. Now I realize I don't have control, but what is the one thing that we can control? That's like how we respond to it. Right. So I, I, I just took a look at it and um, I was kind of taught this as well. Just go through worst case scenario and then go and try and accomplish what you're accomplishing. So try and write out the goal, realize worst case scenario in hopes that that's not the case, but just knowing like, okay, worst case scenario is not as bad as we typically think it is, you know? And then we have worked through worst case scenario in our brain so that anything better than worst case scenario is actually like kind of a win, you know? And so it's a process and it's like we had... (laughs) we're still in it. So we had all year and then some, yeah. it's not going to magically go away, you know, December at the end of December, but right. um, we just keep, we, we get opportunity every day to go at it again. And that's what I love about when the sun goes down and comes back up. It's like, here's a new morning. We get to go at it again. Not as if yesterday didn't exist because we can learn from yesterday, but just knowing that what we're headed towards is something new. And therefore it's going to take a different version of us. And we get to grow into that. So I, I, I kind of like, I felt like I had my hand, my fist clenched. And then as I, I didn't open it up, like <laughs> I'm still working on that piece, <laughs> but just, just holding the other pieces that I don't have control over, yeah. whether it is like the, the weather or another human involved or a circumstance like this year yeah. um, that I don't have control over. I can just open it, open my hand a bit and be like, okay, I don't have control on uh, about or over that. Yes. But what I can do is control how I respond to yeah. it. And then that, that, that becomes like, okay, who, who do I want to be? Not what do I just want to get done, but who do I want to be in that? Then it really just starts to flow. Yeah. I mean, I'm literally getting goosebumps as you're talking, cause this just so resonates with me and the experiences that I've had, especially recently in the last month or two, mm-hmm. even. Um, one of the things that, that really sticks out to me as you're describing this is, you know, what, what enables us, in, at least in some cases, certainly in the context of relationships, uh, to let go of control is being content in ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we don't need someone or something, if we're kind of talking in a more general or broader sense, uh, we don't need something else in order to create satisfaction or, or, or contentment, ultimately. We don't, we're not relying on that person or putting so much reliance on that person or that thing for happiness we're, we're happy with the, the growth that we're experiencing, the development that we're seeing in our own lives, the fact that we're able to continue to, to do just that, to continue to grow and develop and make the best version of ourselves. And that in of itself can be a, a, a source of, or one of the, our primary sources of contentment even, um, mm-hmm. versus relying on all of these other outside sources. The moment that those mm-hmm. outside sources become our primary source of happiness the more that we're going to hold on tight, the more that we're going to try to control the situation because those are our sources of happiness. The the moment we're able to let go of that, the game changes drastically, don't you think? It totally does. It is an absolute choice on how we show up and find happiness in every circumstance. And as soon, I mean, there's so many instances where it's like, okay, what about with this? And it's like, because I try and control that person or how they feel even. So their feelings, another depth, it's like, 
that it sounds crazy talking about it, but we, I constantly try and do that. Okay. I want to create this scenario. Now I want to control everybody in it. Therefore they have a good time or they're, they're happy. And it's like, as soon as I get outside of myself, I start to lose it. And then I miss out on it as well. Mm. I miss out on the opportunity. I miss out on the happiness. I miss out on the control that I do have, which is over how I feel about myself yeah. and how I'm going to show up in that moment. Yeah. And it's not that I don't care about their happiness. Yeah. It's that I can't control it. So I'm actually caring more by staying in my lane and saying like, no, I'm going to show up even just like try it sometime. Walk, walk in an airport or walk somewhere in a busy area when we can get back to that and just smile at somebody that alone causes something. So just stick with something as simple as that. Smile at somebody and see if they smile back. A lot of people do smile back. But what's funny is sometimes they're almost shocked by it. Like, why is that person smiling? (laughs) It's like, we instantly go in our own head of like, I wonder what they're thinking. I wonder what their, you know, motive is and all this stuff. Yeah. If you just let it be just a smile, like, Hey, I hope you're having a good day and just smile at somebody you will never likely see again. That simple message is just like, I'm okay with myself. So I'm going to choose to smile. Yeah. And I, I wish the same for you. But I, I think that's a beautiful example of exactly what I was talking about too, is it's, it's that you are making a choice to behave in a particular way based on the value set that you're continuing to mm-hmm. want to, to live consistently. And I, I'm, I'm kind of speaking for myself at this point, I have a certain set of values that I want to exhibit and, and continue to, to develop personally consistently. I want to live out these values. And mm-hmm. what what I've begun to at least try to do as of late, uh, and this is why what you're saying gets me so excited because it very much resonates, is I'm going to focus primarily on being consistent and living out those values in the context of my relationship with my kids, in the context of the relationship with my girlfriend and her kids, Mm -hmm. in the context of business, in the context of other friendships and relationships with family. I'm going to be this person. And Mm -hmm. if that's all I I can accomplish, then I'm going to be happy with that. So if I make a choice to smile at somebody at the airport... If, if I am putting the weight of my happiness on other people's behavior or their reaction to me, I smile at that person and they don't smile back or they give me a weird look, my ego gets hurt in that process because mm. I've given my source of happiness to something on the outside versus mm. just the simple idea that I'm consistently living out my values. One of my values is kindness. So naturally, I should smile at somebody. And regardless of the response, I know now that I've lived out that value and, and it doesn't matter how the other person responds as long as I've done that consistently. It's so good. Like everybody listening, just do this for me, including you, Nathan. I just did it myself. As you're sitting here listening to it, just change. If you're not, just change to smiling. Just try it right now. Just yeah. smile. Yeah. <laughs> everything changes. Like everything yep. changes. Like I got the chills thinking about it and then I smiled again. And it's like, I just feel like that's who I want to be. Yes. But for the majority of my life, like by far. I mean, I have so many photos of myself, especially at weddings when I was a photographer um, and I have RBF. It's like, I'm thinking, and what's funny is I'm thinking about what I want to do. Therefore, I'm having a hard time showing up how I want to be. And we're, you know, the whole saying, like we're human beings, not human doings. It just doesn't feel that way so many times because I can check off that list. I can get that shot at the wedding. Um, And so if I'm doing that, then I am, a human doing. I'm getting the things done. But if I am not nice as I'm doing it, then I'm not being who I want to be. Right. You know, I'm not ca- causing what I want to cause in that right. moment. But just the simple act of smiling, 
is so amazing. And if that's what you want, you know, we, we are longing for happiness and contentment and things like that. It's like just a simple smile is it can change your own personal demeanor. It's wild how the body responds to these things. Yeah, it is really. And, and I mean, I'm smiling and those listening, you can probably <laughs> hear it in the tone of my voice, but it's so, so yeah. true. It's so great. Well, yeah. speaking of smiling, I'm actually looking at um, a picture or a photo on your Instagram account. And by the way, when I, I was, I didn't even realize this. We didn't talk about this before we started recording, Sean, but I, I jumped onto your Instagram account yesterday or day before. And, and I noticed you've got close to 40,000 followers. I'm not sure when that, that kind of explosion happened, but really, really cool. And, but I think it's cool, not just because of numbers, but more because you spend so much of your time sharing kind of being, I mean, vulnerable to borrow a very kind of cliche word these days, but being super open about the lessons that you're learning, the thoughts that you're having, you're just, you're consistently sharing that with um, your Instagram following. And, and in fact, I've got this fallen, this uh, picture pulled up here in front of me. It's a photo of you and Jamie, you posted just yesterday. So December 9th for anybody that wants to go back and look. And um, Jamie, for anybody listening in, is, is Sean's wife absolutely wonderful? And in fact, Sean, you were mentioning her earlier in, in this program. Uh, for anybody who's curious, if you just go to Unstuckologist, we'll link to it in the show notes at, at bocapodcast.com. But that is Jamie's uh, Instagram account. She calls herself an Unstuckologist, a person who helps you get unstuck so you can create the life you want. A beautiful summation of her brand position, something we talk a lot about here. But there's this post. If you don't mind, Sean, I just want to read this just to kind of give our listeners a, a feel for the type of stuff that you write on your Instagram account. Uh, yeah, go for it. You, you said, the times that I get to be around this woman is electrifying. We have been through a lot. We did not celebrate our nine-year anniversary. We fight for us. We show up regularly. We struggle and have so much room to grow. We talk, and that is one of the best gifts of this whole thing. She knows me and longs to know more. I know her, and I just love getting to know her more. We have a big number coming up in March. I fight so that we can celebrate us. I mean, first of all, beautiful post. I'm curious, though, what has ultimately motivated you? Because I feel like this, this kind of kicked in maybe a year ago, year and a half ago. Maybe it's been a little bit more where you started posting this type of content. What drove that? Mm. Yeah, I'm drawn to seeing like creating a space and seeing people like thrive in that space. Okay. I've been like that for a long time, but, but more recently, as you're referring to the more I share my story and the things that I'm going through in a real way. Um, of course the photo, you know, on in, the photos in general on Instagram, just look, you know, pretty. And they're kind of like the highlights of our life. And I'm, I'm fine with that to a point. We all know like there's normal life just outside of that photo and stuff like that. But I'm going to continue to post pretty photos is the hope with some real messaging to it so that people realize like, hey, what we're comparing, that's what we constantly do on social media. What we're comparing to, there's a human in there and look at what they've been through. And so it's not like, hey, I want a good marriage and my marriage or my relationship that I'm in right now isn't good. I believe just that thought can change everything. But it's not like tomorrow you're going to wake up and like be able to talk about everything and be an amazing communicator and just like have the best sex life ever and all of a sudden have this like dream vacation and time together. It right. takes work like every day, but there is, I, I, I want to give people a glimpse of hope because my life is not perfect. But if you looked at it today compared to, you know, 11, 12 years ago, it's like, uh, I want, I, I hope they, that people that knew me during that whole time, think of me as like a completely different person mm. and it can happen 
And it does take, you know, some of this stuff that we're talking about consistency and discipline and vision and like all this stuff. And so I share it partly because I like a challenge. And so if I put a, if I put a flag down and I'm like, this is who I want to be, I don't feel like I'll ever arrive, but I want other people to know that's who I want to be. So that if I'm ever with them and it doesn't match up, Mm. then it's like, hold me to it. I'm opening the door. I I, kind of like let it out. Like, Hey, I've, this is what's happened to me. This is what we've been through, whatever it is that I'm sharing. There's freedom to that. So I don't feel alone in it. And then I'm also like, and we fight for it. That's what I said in this particular post, because my, our anniversary is not till March and it's not guaranteed. We, we are open to divorce, you know, which I wasn't raised that way, but we are open to the concept of divorce. Like if, if I'm, if I do something that is completely outside of kind of the boundaries that we've put up and it's too much, then that's okay. Hmm. And so it can be a seasonal relationship, but if we choose to show up and we fight for each other, that you know, time that we're going to spend somewhere, you know, in warmer than Indiana and hopefully with like an ocean view (laughs) will be so special. But the view is just like topping on the cake. The conversation that I have with her, Mm. it, it, that is it. That's the magic. Because when we, when we have these conversations, I'm longing to get to know her. And I know I intermingle like me trying to prove myself to her and me trying to like, you know, uh, the pride will show its face and things like that, but she knows who I want to be. She wants to get to know me more. She wants to know where I'm headed and she wants to be along with that. And then it goes both ways, like who she's becoming, she's sharing. And it's so easy nowadays to a, just like kind of phone it in and just kind of like make it to retirement and like, you know, get through life it can happen to you or it can happen for you. And as soon as you say this life can happen for me, holy smokes, you're in for a ride. It is not the easy way, but the reward that can come from it is fantastic. So I share it so that I'm putting it out there like, hey, this is who I want to be. Hold me accountable to that. Yeah. And it's freeing. I get so much freedom from like the trauma and the stuff that I've caused and been through in my life that I get a little bit of freedom from. It's a little bit lighter walking, knowing that other people like know that about me and so many people can relate. Life can happen for you. You use that phrase and, and it can happen mm-hmm. for you when you take responsibility, right? And mm-hmm. and so you've you've obviously consciously taken that responsibility. You're consciously moving to grow. And and that really brings us to kind of my primary line of conversation or line of questions that I've got for you today. It centers around this very idea of growth. And really, I guess our whole conversation thus far has been about that. It just is something that you've become kind of obsessed with and in the best way possible. What what has driven that? I mean, I know you said there was a turning point about 10 years ago. And you've talked about that in various public forums, but actually maybe the better question is what continues to motivate you to want to be better, to continue to develop, to continue to change? Yeah, that's such a great question. I can say this. When I wake up in the morning, so many times I still feel that weight of not being enough. Today's today's the day they find out I'm not smart enough. Today's the day that people see who I really am. And there's just, I'm not lovable. And so I think that happens for a reason, because it's like, what do I do with that? I've seen so much fruit from the fact that I'm like, but that's not true. That Mm. is just my brain trying to shut me down because of the things that have happened to me that are like, they're painful, and they're hard to deal with. 
it doesn't mean it's not worth the resistance to like get stronger so that we can handle more. That's scary. Even saying it, like I, I get a little bit like almost anxious thinking if there's more then we have to manage that. Like it's, it's not, it's, it's like more stuff, more, um, success that that's what people are going to instantly think, but it's literally more emotional kind of like, um, emotional depth. And that's scary. Cause as soon as I tell you, well, this is actually kind of like how I think about that instantly. I'm like, do you think it's right or wrong? Yeah. It's so yeah. black and white, so <laughs> black and white. Yeah. But I, I've seen so much fruit come from the fact that I'm just like, I hear those voices and then I respond to it with no, but I, I'm becoming the next version of me and I could, I could be built for this. I am built for today. What I've done and all the work that I've done, I am available for today. So if, if one of my kids comes to me with something or my wife or a team member or um, somebody that we serve in, in our industry comes to me, it's like, there's nothing out there that we can't handle and talk through based on what, on the work that we've put in. And, and it's like, I mean, you've probably done some things, whether it's like, you know, you ride your motorcycle and if you haven't ridden your motorcycle for six months and you decide to go to track day, it's probably a bad, (laughs) bad decision. But if you're riding every day, knowing and studying the track and thinking through those things, you look forward to it, right? Cause you want to go and perform. Life is so much like that. Yep. If, if we're constantly doing this, we can start to look forward to those challenges. Yes. We talked a little bit about that right before we, we hit record, but it's like, I look forward to it. Yeah, it's You don't regularly sign up for pain, but people that go to the gym do. People that choose to hike Everest do. Yeah. People that want to accomplish big things and stand on stage in front of tons of people, they have to go through pain in order to get to that place. So it comes with some amazing gifts. And it is what the, the things that we're willing to risk, it typically comes back like in a, in a big way with, with a, a measurable reward, the measured risk to the measured reward is, is pretty phenomenal. And it's crazy. Cause I'll just be sitting on a plane, sometimes in a shower. It's when I'm typically alone or in my own version of being alone yep. and I'll think through something. I instantly just get emotional because it's like, I want to feel the things that those people are feeling. And I typically run so fast at such a pace because I don't want to feel those feelings. But as soon as we stop and feel that, like I can instantly be connected even to you, Nathan, like the things that we've been through, it's like, I can think through that. I can just close my eyes and picture us being in the same room together, which we're not right now. And just talking about life and stuff that we've been through. And it's like, I just want to be connected to you. Mm. And we all, we all want to be like, I always think of it like a Lego, like connectable. They have to be the same brand for those Legos to fit really well together. That's kind of how we were built. Well, we we're only as like connectable as we're willing to put out there. And so if we truly want to be connected, which I believe we were built to be, we do have to put ourselves out there and we have to make a decision every day. We're not going to get it right every day, but we get the opportunity to choose one or the other. Yeah, well, and and we're going to get to this topic of conversation consistency, because you're right, we're not going to get it right every day. We just have to keep showing up. And again, that's another cliche phrase, but there's just so much power to it. And I, that's consistency. If, if, if you were to ask me what the biggest lesson I've learned this year has been, or ultimately the thing that I've finally begun to make real change about in my life, that has been consistency in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the reality is we can't, first of all, if 
you know, there are plenty of people who are okay with just kind of being status quo for whatever the reason, whatever the, the, the psychology behind that. And in that case, yeah, you don't necessarily have to constantly push and experience the pain that, that you're describing, Sean. For anybody who wants to kind of go next level, even if it's just one or two steps above average, it does require a willingness to experience pain and change and all that goes along with those things. And that can be tough, but a willingness to go there with the understanding that there's something better on the other side enables us to continue to move forward. The, the irony in, in this conversation today, though, or somewhat of an irony anyway, is that it's easy to talk about these ideas. It's another thing to actually do them. What do you think the difference is between just simply talking about improvement or you know, posting on Instagram, for example, um, and then actual consistent improvement? Yeah. I mean, at some point it just doesn't line up. Hmm. Um, I've, I've, I've talked to so many people that have like gone through some type of a breakup or, um, they want to be something for whether it's their kids or for somebody or something. What we end up landing on so many times is like, at some point it just won't line up. Okay. If you are an anchor and you say like, I want to be, um, I want to love you well. Like uh, that's just what I want to do. I want to love like my kids. Well, yeah. There's so much work that has to go into that. You, you, you can't like guess how to love somebody. You have to like get to know them. You have to ask them. You have to ask for feedback. Do you yeah. feel like I'm loving you well? And you have to do it and they evolve. So everything changes. So you have to stay so close to it. And it's, it's one of these things that it's like, if we're not consistent, it won't add up. The anchor is gone. Like if every time I come back to that person and all I want to do is learn to love them more at some point, what other people are saying about me, the person I'm being in that in their life, like, oh, he's just, he's, he's selfish and he's prideful and all these things. It's like, yeah, I, I, I probably can be. But if I stay consistent and I just want to love them well, then all the other noise that's going on just won't add up. And whenever that person wants love, they're just going to come to me because hmm. they know I've done the work. And that's what it takes. I mean, there's so many analogies that we can use this for this. And the one that's hard to talk about is actually the human relationship, but that's the one that's most beautiful. It's so weird that we're talking about this, Nathan, because I had somebody reach out to me today really early about just kind of like, I had just posted like a little morning video as well as like a couple of things. Like I got in really late last night for my flight. So my wife made coffee. I'm usually the one that makes the coffee, gets it ready to go at least. And you just kind of like, you know, hit the button and it goes, but we write each other, we, we write each other notes. And now yeah. there's like this wall of all these notes that we've written and I love it. Yes. Um, but we try and keep it like not writing the same note every day. So she wrote me this cute little note. So I posted it and stuff like that. Well, I had a friend of mine that's going through a lot of stuff, reach out to me. He goes, sometimes I have a hard time watching your Instagram. Hmm. And I was like, Oh man, I'm so sorry. Like why? And he's like, cause I want what you have. Hmm. And I'm like, um, okay. Like, um, what does that mean? You know, like, are you envious or jealous? And, uh, he knows what I meant by that, but I'll explain it here. If, if you're envious, it means you want what I have. Um, and you don't want me to have it jealous to me, the way that I am explaining it in this particular um, circumstance is you want what I have and you want me to have it. Um, and so that's jealousy to me. And so he was basically explaining that he was jealous, but this is a man that literally like not that long ago, tried to take his own life because his, his mm. life is just falling, falling apart. Mm. So we ended up, we ended up talking for a long time. And that's, that's kind of the thing that happens when you live a life like this is people are, are comfortable going deep with you. Yeah. It was a beautiful conversation, but what it came down to was like, Hey, you know, 
I didn't wake up and have this and I have not arrived. I have so much more work to do. You can have the same thing and, but you're not going to wake up tomorrow and everything's going to be in order, you know, but you can have your version of order tomorrow. If you want it, you wake up and you make those decisions. And so it does just take that. The consistency is wild. Um, It's easy again to say, I go to the gym and I lift this way for a certain amount of time. After a while, if I'm eating right, a muscle is going to show up and things are going to get lighter and you're going to be able to measure it. I go from the 20 pound to the 25 pound weight, whatever it is. That's a very simple thing. It's so hard to measure when it comes to relationships in in like our brain and in humanity, but just like look in the mirror, like look in, look in an emotional mirror and be like, who am I today? And who do I want to become? And how far have I come asking those questions? It like, it goes to show that if you've been consistent or not. Now I got one more and then we can move on. But last night, uh, or I was flying, I had a long layover cause I was flying international. And so I decided I'm going to have a little bit of a cheat day. Um, I didn't like pack really well for the flight. I, I, I've kind of like made this decision. Most of the time I'm on a plane, I'm not going to eat any of the food on the plane. Um, I'm just going to pack my own stuff. Whether okay. it's like, I, I, I got that from you actually, the little RX bar yeah. and some fruit yeah. and that's it. I'll, I'll kind of fast. And then when I eat, that's what I'll eat. Well, I was like, I'm going to loosen it up a bit. I'm going to have some of the snacks that are on here. Um, I got bumped to first, which is always a nice little gift and stuff like that. So I ate a lot of the food on the plane and uh, I get home at like, you know, 1230 at like 3 a.m. I wake up, my stomach hurts so bad. Wow. Well, I've been, I've been consistent. Yeah. I used to be able to, to just absolutely dominate <laughs> that food with no issues at all. Yeah. I'd be like, yes, I want another Biscoff cookie. That is the best thing on the planet yep. at the time. Um, and I, so I crushed out some sugar and I woke up and my stomach hurt so bad. Mm. I was like, well. It's like consistency bit me in the butt a little bit, but it goes to show my body doesn't want that anymore. I was consistent in a healthy way before I was consistently eating garbage. And so my stomach was steel. I could eat that stuff and have no issues other than like, (laughs) uh, you know, being overweight and snoring probably, you know, but I was like, man, that's so wild how this works. Being consistent in a direction that you want to be, you know, like, like a vision you're heading towards something you don't ever really fully arrive. And that's a, that's a, a beautiful thing for me is you don't ever fully arrive. I like a challenge, but you kind of pick the next thing once you feel like you've, you, you've arrived and you move on to that. But consistency, it's, it, it does sound think I wanted to say this to you, Nathan, things are cliche for a reason. Um, <laughs> I know. I always, so many, that, <laughs> I always say oh, that sounds cliche. This sounds cliche, but we, I just it find does, it. but it's for a reason. And we <laughs> say it so much because it's like, it's cause it consistently proves itself true. Just sure. like we're talking about, like, yeah, like being vulnerable or being this or being that it's kind of like, there's some fad words in there, but it's yeah. also like, they're that sane for a reason, you know? <laughs> well, I think the reason I'm bringing up is more for what we were just talking about, which is that people throw these words around because it's the thing to do, but where's yeah. the action on the other side of that? Um, totally. Which is why I brought that up in the first place. And, you know, I mean, honestly, I stopped. Uh, I really like the point that you made just a second ago, actually, about how posting as much as you do, and more specifically, the type of the content that you do, uh, it encourages deeper conversation. And that was that was really a compelling thought. And, and it, honestly, it makes me think about maybe getting back to posting more than, than I have been. I stopped. Part of the reason I stopped was, at least internally, the last thing that I wanted to do was just talk. It, it seemed like just doing consistently, not without, you know, not, not also showing it to everybody else and getting the occasional approval or like, or heart or, oh my goodness, you look great, but just doing it for the sake of consistency, period, regardless of what anybody else sees or thinks or otherwise. Um, it was something that I needed to really work on. 
but the flip side of that, of course, is that, I mean, you've, you've made such an impact on so many lives at this point, being so open, being so vulnerable and consistently posting, whether it's, you know, your accomplishments or your shortcomings. And I think it's really cool, ultimately, that people have been able to benefit from that. Yeah, it's hard. Um, but it's, it's so worth it. Like I would put things aside to have those conversations with people because that's why I do it ultimately. You know, yeah. it's, it is, um, putting myself out there because I know somebody else needs it as much as I do. Mm. And so once it connects, you know, it's, it's different seasons. Sometimes it kind of floods in and lots of people are there. 2020 has just been a lot more of it because of the amount of things that we've been through and yeah. kind of like, I feel like this year magnified the direction we were already headed. And so that's been tough, you know, realizing like, Oh crud, like, things aren't as good as I, I don't have the safety nets or the security or the things that I thought I did. Again, the lack of control um, of what I thought I had a handle on because I just expected whatever it is, another shoot, another payday, another, you know, day that I can just go about life uh, without like saying you have to stay inside or you have to wear a mask or you have to this or have to that. It's like, if you take every single one of those things and you break it down, yet you say, I want to be, and then fill in the blank. I want to be compassionate. Right. You can be compassionate and stay home. You can be compassionate and yep. wear a mask. You yep. can be compassionate and um, figure out, you know, how to pivot and rebudget for this current circumstances. Yep. You can be that every single time, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And yet it's just sometimes it feels easier to like, no, I, I got to run. I got to this, I got to that. And and we just go into like this. It, it is, it's what it, it's chaos. We go into chaos because it, it's almost like we feel comfortable without order. And because um, as soon as order is there, you have to figure out who you are in that order. And um, it's it becomes like you have to kind of stand in front of the mirror. And there's seasons in my life where I literally wanted to physically take every mirror out of my out of my um, home because I didn't want to see myself. Mm. And yeah, despite that, you've, yeah, I mean, again, wonderful example via social media and, and certainly in person, but of of despite that frustration, pushing forward anyway. And, and for whatever reason, and I don't know, maybe you can speak to this as we continue in our conversation here, but for whatever reason, it seems to have, that there was almost a turning point like two or three months ago, I think in particular, I noticed like something, some switch flipped for you where it was like, you know what, enough is enough in, in certain areas of your life where you're like, I, I certainly you've been posting consistently for some time and sharing your, your struggles and your thoughts and the challenges and growth. And, and yet, it, I don't know, it just, it seemed like you kind of hit knocked it up another notch um was was there something that was that was compelling in that regard especially when it came to your health i think you, there was uh, there was seemingly a turning point mm. well thanks for noticing i uh i do post again for that accountability and putting a, a kind of a stake in the sand saying this is what i want um hold me to it and yeah i met a person they actually reached out to me because of the way that i post and said i'd like to work with you and at first i was very skeptical cuz it's like something you pay for but it was like, hey, I, I tell me about, you know, this area of your life. And it like went into the simple side of like fitness and and health and things like that. And I, so it's easy for me to share that because I do work out a lot. And then there's most of the seasons of my life I'm doing something when it comes to the gym. And um, it's as soon as we started to talk about food that I know that that's where I struggle. And so just the way that this person, his name is Cam McDougall. He's out of uh, Canada. He's very... Um, just kind of a spiritual being that kind of has been on the same path that I have. He's real. Uh, the the difference is he like got it under control and he was like a high level CrossFit athlete. 
And um, I've never been able to accomplish anything like that. But he realized like, why am I doing this? And he was in finance and like, you know, the stock exchange and things like that. He was doing really well, but it was like that whole concept of like, turn up the music loud, throw the weights around, do the whole CrossFit thing as a lot of us know what it is. He's like, what's the point, you know? And uh, when he, when he realized that, that who he wanted to be was somebody different, he started to get into like mindset and breath work. And um, that's where everything started to change for me. I knew of these things, but again, it's like what we're talking about. Um, I can say one thing and then never go do anything about it. I could read 20 books this year. And if I don't implement any, like not one thing from it, it's kind of a waste to read 20 books. All I do is I have a bunch of knowledge. It doesn't right. change me right. until I start to put the work in. So he said, you know, this breath work, the mindset, this kind of like being in tune with your body and realizing kind of like, I've just been studying it a bit more and realizing like, yeah, I want to live next level. And that is going to have, I, I, I just get to take a look at where I'm at in life and, and say, I don't have control of whether or not, you know, some crazy illness happens to me, but what, what can I control? I can control what I put in my mouth. And so I decided to take it seriously. You know, it's like when I looked at finance one day, um, I decided like, let's, oh, well, my wife kind of came to me and was like, we spend a lot, you know, I was like, yeah, no, so I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll just make more money, you know, like we'll be fine. Um, and so when I decided to go on a budget and, and we, we decided to take a look at it, I thought, man, I feel like you're putting handcuffs on me. Yeah. And, it really wasn't. It was the opposite. It was so freeing. Once we knew it, then we knew what we wanted to do with it. Right. And, and when the lights are on, it's way easier to maneuver around than when the lights are off. It changed my life, ultimately. So it's it's just that that's what changed is the willingness to take a look at it and really start to learn more about like, okay, there's more components to it than just, I can't outwork out the, the way that I was currently eating. And so there's just not enough time in the day for the life that I live to work out enough to be able to eat whatever I want. I'm not the age and ultimately it's not the performance that I want to have, whether it's at work or on the tennis court or whatever in life, um, living the way that I was. So to level up, I decided to take a good look at it and hire somebody that knows a lot more about it than me and I can learn from them. I think, you know, we, we were talking about the significance of doing, showing up consistently, uh, as opposed to just talking about it, talking is easy, doing is a different thing. And ultimately we do have to show up. We have to be okay with the potential for pain. We have to be okay with the reality, which is that this is a process. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks endlessly about the significance of patience and, mm -hmm. and being comfortable with, and in, in fact, enjoying the process. I didn't really get the significance of that until this year. It really, it began to click a little bit more. And, and it's a bit of a relief, honestly, because now I'm, yeah. well, there's an urgency because I do want to just generally live out my value set more consistently, which will translate to, to growth in every area of my life. Um, I also have to just be okay with the fact that it's not going to happen. None of it is going to happen overnight. And I just need to learn to take, take a deep breath and go with the flow. But regardless, we have to show up and, and change, significant change is not going to happen otherwise. You mentioned to me uh, a few components of this process that enables that actual change. Uh, one, one idea was vision. Another was a plan. Then, of course, consistency, as we talked about earlier, and then relationships. Let's start with vision. How do you define that word vision? Yeah, vision is, um, for me, it's basically about 90 days worth of like something I want to work towards. Okay. And so I break it down into quarterly things, you know, and so my current vision is discover through curiosity. 
Um, and so what I do, what it takes, like the, the two things that I really like hold close to vision is I look to see where I want to go. Right. So like, if you're going to take a trip, you, you figure out, I want to head to Florida. Well, there's 10 different ways to get there. Let's say there's three different ways. Well, which way do I want to go and why, you know? And so I know the destination, but it's, it's good to kind of like plan that out. So I look at the next quarter and, and uh, I knew that, you know, in 2020, all the things that had happened was my team, I, I have this crazy mind that like constantly thinks way in the future. And my team has to, gets to kind of like deal with that through the the filters that we've put up. You know, it, go, it flows through other people. It's not just me getting on in front of the computer or like screen with, or, or in person with them and saying like, this is what we're doing. Um, I have a, I have a, a group that helps me <laughs> kind of like level it out to where sure. people can handle it. Yeah. So I, I go before and I think about what next quarter is. Well, this year was so crazy. I was like, man, my team is kind of frazzled. Like there's no certainty. It doesn't feel like in our own lives, everyone's under a lot more pressure, whether it's like you have kids that you're homeschooling or you now are at a home office, like just fill in the blank. You know, you had to find toilet paper. Like that was hard for a while, you know? So there's a lot of things in there that put a lot of pressure on us. So I thought my team needs more of me in a very like, so discover just means to uncover. And, and so I said, uncover through curiosity or to discover through curiosity. I decided to go down into the team, like into levels where I'm not usually working um, hand in hand with people. And I just decided to stay curious with them, not fix things. That, that is very clear. I use the word curiosity, which just means that's it. I don't, I don't even get to fix it. Even if I think I have the answer, it's, that's not my job. My vision right now is to discover through curiosity. So I just stay curious with them until they get to a point where they feel like they've figured something out. And so I just felt like I work with a coach to do this, but that was the main thing. So I see the destination. I knew 2020 was crazy. So my destination, what I wanted to go towards was just like getting to know the team more so that I know who I'm working with after a year like 2020 or towards the end of a year like 2020. And then the other piece is just writing it down and each day looking at it and saying like, what things do I have today that are going to move me towards it? And what decisions could I potentially make that will move me away from it? So when it becomes, when it, when it comes to relationships to discover through curiosity with my team, I could just do a ton of meetings that have nothing to do with my team. I could constantly do like things like this. I could do podcasts. I could, I could work up my next, you know, thing we're going to tie into. I could work on the next product. I can work on all these things and I could do that by myself without my team. But because it says that and it says it on my whiteboard right here, I write it down regularly to discover through curiosity. It just means like I had a, I had a call with, with two other people on my team today. And I, all I did was ask questions. Uh, I feel like I've heard this a bunch of times, but a, a good leader has the answer to every question. A great leader asks the right questions. Mm. And so I just want to stay curious with them and let them get to know. I want to get to know them, which helps a ton. And I want them to get to know them. Sometimes it's like, if we fix it too quick, we didn't really learn anything along the way because somebody, you know, quote unquote smarter just came in the room and quote unquote fixed it <laughs> versus like, man, there's so much we can learn along the way. And uh, it's it just like, it, I believe it multiplies when we liberate others through curiosity. Talk to me about plan. Um, I mean, you, you mm -hmm. kind of touched on this just now too, talking about, you know, it's one thing to, of course, have a destination. It's another thing to ultimately put in place a strategy, kind of a series of next steps. In fact, one of the things I've begun doing regularly, I've created this template in Evernote that I pull up when I go to a meeting with any one of my team members. 
And the, there are three components to it. There are talking points, there are notes within that conversation, and then there are next actions. I don't want to walk away from a meeting without next actions, a strategy of sorts. What are we going to do next in order to make this thing or these things happen? Because again, it's one thing to talk about. It's another thing to do something about it. What does it look like from your perspective to put together a good plan? Yeah, same analogy. Like you go to Florida, uh, I could fly there. You know, I could drive there. There's a bunch of different ways that I could drive, different vehicles I could drive. I can rent a car. So I think making that plan is just like, what do we want to learn along the way? You know, if I want to get a bunch of work done, I can fly, you know, because it's probably not a good idea for me to drive and get a lot of work done unless it's just <laughs> phone calls or whatever. I could focus, I should focus on the road. Right. There's a lot of times that I choose to fly and it takes me longer than it would just to drive because I get to like pull up my computer or throw a headset in and listen to a book or something that I want to do where when I'm driving, I just need to focus on driving. So to plan for me is like, okay, there's my destination. Now let's break this down, you know? And so we do, we, we regularly do 10 year, five year, three year, one year. And then, you know, what are we doing this quarter and then break it all the way down. That's a huge plan, but for a vision to make a plan, it's like, so that that's what me and my coach go through. We, we meet once a month when it comes to the vision. And so it's like, Hey, how is it going? What are you going to do to discover through curiosity? Who do you need to, it always comes down to this always. I don't use the word always a lot. So it, she regularly says, um, you know, who are you going to talk to about this? Who are you going to call? What, like, how are you going to make this a thing? And I have to come up with it. She doesn't really um, tell me who I need to talk to. She just stays curious with me. And then I, I get to make a decision. So the planning is writing it down. And so it's like, who do I need to talk to? Or what do I need to do by what time? And what will it accomplish? So those are kind of the, the pieces that I do as far as a plan goes. So I want to talk to this team member by the end of next week. And my, my goal is to get to know how they're doing in 2020. Like it could be something like that, or it could be like how, how things are going at work and, and like asking them for feedback. How, how is it to work with me? And um, how could I support you in the place that you're in and stuff like that? And man, the stuff that I've found out through that is unbelievable. But if I didn't have a plan, I'd just be like, Oh, I'm going to call, you know, whoever. And um, just, I'm going to be curious with them. It's it's a good start, but to really plan it out, it, it's it's pretty amazing what comes with a good plan. You know, it helps you stay consistent, helps you stay close to it. Like if you're gonna have a conversation with somebody, it's just nice to know. If you're just going on a date night, it's it's fine to like just go and enjoy each other. Yeah. But there's a lot of times where I've even sent Jamie a note. I'm flying in and we're going straight to date night, and so I'm like, I can't wait to catch up and hear about how your Joey boot camp went this week. And um, I can't wait to tell you about how this conversation went with somebody that I had, Hmm. like, let's talk. And then we look forward to it, but we go in there and like, tell me about it versus like, you know, a date night's fine, you know, with no agenda, but it's really fun when we have those types of things. So that's just a simple little plan. I like it. It comes back all the way down to like, what do you want to get accomplished? And what are the steps? Like break it all the way down. Yeah, the task, the initial task, the time frame in which you want to accomplish that. And then you mentioned the end goal is kind of the third mm-hmm. component. And I would remind all of our listeners to keep in mind, there is a significant di- difference between a massive project, which is made up of multiple tasks, mm-hmm. um, and just an individual task itself. It's very easy, I think, for business owners to get overwhelmed when, you know, for example, they, let's say they write down the task, which is build a website. Well, the reality is that's a project. It's made up of multiple tasks. And so Mm -hmm. writing down the multiple tasks that make up the project, 
assigning a time frame or a deadline to each one, and then ultimately understanding very clearly how that task relates to the overall goal or the end goal is super important. So I, I like yeah. I like the simplicity of that. I think it's super poignant, actually, those three components of a good plan. But then we come to consistency, and we talked about this mm-hmm. earlier. I'm curious, just to get your take, what, what's been... Um, for you, the biggest hindrance to consistency in your life and what are you doing to kind of step beyond that hindrance? Yeah, the consistency component, um, it definitely comes with roadblocks, right? Because I can be consistently in something and what I have decided to go with isn't working. So that is like, it makes me want to just stop. Like Hmm. as soon as I hit failure, sometimes I kind of like, I can, I can end up shutting down yet. It's like, there is typically 10 different ways to do most things that we want to do. Yeah. So we need to figure, we, we get to take the opportunity and try something different. You know, it's like if I want to, you know, get big biceps and I end up doing a bunch of push ups and it's just not getting me the biceps that I want, I should probably <laughs> change, change it up. You know what I right. mean? And yet I was like, I was really enjoying those push ups, you know? And it's like, well, that was helping your chest, not really your biceps. Right. And so just being willing to change it. It, it feels like lost time, but it's not like, hmm. you know, there's a lot of things out there. It says like, you know, um, I failed a thousand times. Like, no, I just was figuring out how to get it right. The one time that I did, you know? Hmm. And so it's just part of the process, you know, failures when you stop getting back up. And that, that has probably been the biggest hindrance hindrance with consistency is the willingness to get back up, dust myself off and go again, you know, whether it's like, you know, if, if it's health and I've had too many cheat days in a row and it's hard to get back. Like I just went on a, the trip I just got back from was a vacation and it was with people that don't have no idea what type of life that I live with, like the consistency around food. I, I fast, um, I eat certain types of foods. I don't, I, I avoid some other types of foods. So if I just went completely off the the plan, it would be hard to wake up today and fast after I, you know, chose not to fast for five days. Well, sure. I just decided I'm going to not eat till 11 every day. And so I kept that consistent. It made it easier to get back on plan. I wasn't like a hundred percent. It's way easier to do this at home, but I, I travel a lot. And so um, I could use that as an excuse and that can be a hindrance, which it has been in the past, or I can just be like, okay, let's just set the expectation for when I am away versus when I am home, when I'm home, I can crush it because I have my own kitchen. I have my own refrigerator. I have my own, gym. I know all the things. Yeah. When I'm on the road, I just do a different version of that. And I don't expect the same results as when I'm home. So it's just being willing to pivot and and what I consider success during that consistent time. You know, it's like, yeah, if you put, if you put me in a gym and my goal is to do some high level performance and, and I have a nutritionist and I have a, a, a fitness coach, a, you know, performance coach, a mental coach, I'm going to get it done. That's just not reality. Mm. So what is my version of it? What yep. is my performance? What is my expectation? Yep. And am I home or am I on the road? And I have two versions of what I do. They're very close to what, to, to the same thing. Cause if I just woke up every day on the road and ate at 8am and then I came back and wanted to fast, that's hard. You know, you've, you've done intermittent fasting. I know, you know, this, it gets easier after you've done it for a while. It does. Yeah. But if you like cheat for a week, it's hard to get back on. You're like, <laughs> man, that's kind of nice. You know, like eating breakfast is fantastic. I yeah. forgot what bacon tastes like, you know, <laughs> but that, that is, that's a huge hindrance. It's just the willingness to learn along the way and realize, Hey, this may not be the best version of it. Would you be willing to try something new that's hard for the brain to to comprehend and want to get on board with that 
Yeah, be a willingness to make adjustment, and then maybe also a willingness to to lower expectations that enable mm -hmm. consistency. I, I was just having a conversation with somebody, and they were asking for my my suggestions, advice on how they could better their health. And it, it's funny that the older version of me, um, I guess maybe the less mature version of me, in that same conversation would have just been absolutely stoked to dump like thirty minutes worth of information that I've been you know consuming over the last ten years right there in that conversation, impress them with my knowledge and try to get them on this amazing plan. And the reality is they don't have the same drive or interest that I do. And especially yeah. for somebody who doesn't normally develop a, a plan for their health and try to carry that out, they're not going to have the same kind of motivation and drive and, 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 and again, the interest in the topic necessarily. So what's the best thing to do? Lower expectations, create something that's a, a really, really simple plan that you can consistently carry out and, and at least start with that because the, you know, we can have these really incredible goals that we post on Instagram and these high expectations for ourselves. But if we're not able to show up for those consistently, it doesn't really matter anyway. Why not kind of lower those just a little bit and go with something that we can actually show up for consistently? Yeah, it's such a powerful lesson. And that's my favorite thing about like, you know, even you and, and the maturity from that. It's like when I ask somebody a question like that, like, hey, how are you doing what you're doing? You know, it's so easy to just respond with here's all the things that I'm doing. But when it comes down to it, it's like, well, why do you want this? What are you looking to do? Because if I want to lose 10 pounds and I don't have any actual purpose behind it, then it's very unlikely I'm going to lose those 10 pounds. I know how to lose 10 pounds. Yeah. But if there's no purpose behind it, it's just not going to be, it's not going to last very long. And the whole point, and then I get there and I'm like, well, cool. Like, why did I do this? You know? Yeah. But if it's like, I want to lose 10 pounds so that I enjoy this hike that I'm going to be going on regularly with my family or time at the the beach running around with my kids. So I'm just not carrying as much weight around, or I want to be at like, at uh, one of my, you know, I want my heart to be healthy so that I can live longer. Like those things are so much more valuable than just like, oh, I want to lose X amount of weight. So mm -hmm. understanding it's like, I can say, Nathan, you're, you're shredded. And, and we're about the same age as like, dude, how do you get shredded? And you could just, you could tell me all the ways of that I get shredded, but it's so great to just take a moment and be like, well, why do you want that? Yep. What, what is the goal? Yeah. And then you can break it down and make their version of it. That's liberation. That's mm. not just bringing challenge or just bringing support. Mm. That is bringing the right amount of challenge and support, getting to know that person, what it's like to be in their shoes. It's like typically for somebody like me um, would be like, hey, I want to be shredded. It's like, cool, why? You know, it's like, well, um, I've not been shredded since I was like 12 years old. And um, at 12 years old, I didn't care what people thought about me with my shirt off. Now I do. It's like, <laughs> okay, why do you, this could end up being a therapy session. Right. Not, 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 not anything else. And like, yeah, like here's some ways of doing it, but figure out a purpose that like really like does something for you, you yeah. know, and, uh, that that's worth living for, you know, just changing the way that we talk is a huge thing that I wanted to touch on as well as like saying, I have to lose 10 pounds versus I get to is just like, it, it changes everything hmm. when it's like an actual opportunity versus like a chore. Yeah. And that little thing has changed my life. I hear it all the time and I do it regularly still. Uh, I have to go to this meeting. It's like, no, I get to go to this meeting hmm. with another fantastic human that wants to accomplish things for a company that 
we work together in or an industry that we work together in. Like that changes everything. Oh, I got, I have to do this thing. It doesn't, it sound like a chore. I have to take the trash out. Absolutely. That sounds, that's what it sounds like. What if it's like, I get to take the trash out because it makes it better for my family to not have to deal with it. Like that, I mean, I, I, that would be fantastic if one of my kids said that, but <laughs> isn't it, it's so different. Like there's just little things like that. We can really start to focus on and just get consistent with like, the, the, the words that we choose to use so that we become the person that we want to become. That, that is what it comes down to for me. Well, and it's funny too, when you, when you frame it that way, I mean, it, it, it sounds funny. I get to carry the trash out, but then your brain naturally asks the question, why would I say that? And with yeah. any amount of self-awareness, you're naturally going to then figure out what that opportunity might be. Yeah. And when they, everything becomes an opportunity, you're right. It just totally changes mentality which then, of course, affects our emotions, which naturally affects our actions. And it's just a beautiful cycle that, that begins to happen. Um, I really want to respect your time, Sean. I've got one other question, if you're willing, mm-hmm. and that yeah. has to do with relationships and how that ties into this effort at, again, not just talking about, but actually working to become kind of the next version of ourselves. What is the primary role that a relationship plays in that realm? At the root of all of this, I am from the belief that we were built to do this together and that has to do with relationships to me and so the whole purpose of anything that we do for me specifically tends to be selfish the nature of it is selfish as soon as i realize it's not about me even like just take that that silly um scenario with the trash as soon as i realize that i'm not just taking it out for me mm. i'm actually creating space for other people mm. and, and and like an atmosphere for people to actually have a have an opportunity to succeed more yeah that is when it's like i i literally get the chills i become alive when my feet hit the ground in yeah. the morning i'm like i get to be in relationship with other people that are choosing to grow or I can encourage them to if that's what they want from me or not. Hmm. And I truly do believe if we could, if we are the average of the five people around us, what does that look like for you? I know that's, you know, like we say, it's cliche, but look at it. Take a really good look at it. Yeah. It's pretty easy for me to look at your five best friends or the people you spend the most time with and realize kind of like, what's your jam? Is it, you know, sports? Is it like certain shows? Is it like... um hanging out and um, going and checking out new food spots, whatever it is, it's totally fine. But like, who are you becoming and why? It's such a powerful thing. You can do that alone, but I think it's very difficult. As soon as you start to do this in a relationship with with somebody or some people, that's where it gets fantastic because the the effect that we have on other people has everything to do with the relationship and the – the level that it allows it to happen. Cause there's a lot of people I'm in relationship with that I don't allow to affect me. You know, it's like, I don't even trust them. I don't know them that well. So I'm not going to like, let them speak all this in, you know, this feedback into my life. You're like, no, if I know somebody's for me, I'm going to let them speak feedback into my life. I just did that with one of my good friends. I let them give me feedback on a, on a very vulnerable talk that I just gave. Mm. And I know that that person is for me, but I wasn't going to just ask anybody in the audience, Hey, give me feedback on my talk that I have no idea who it is. Cause I don't, I don't know who they are, right. but the person that I chose to be in a relationship that with that knows so much about me knows um, where I'm headed. And, and I, and I know that they are for me. Like how, how open can we be with somebody if they don't truly know us? 
We can't. Right. And that has everything to do with the level of relationship that we're willing to be in with somebody. I believe we are built for relationships, but we get to show up or choose not to in a relationship. We can, we can give them the Instagram version of us and they'll like us because everything's pretty and it looks perfect. But what's just underneath that, that we're so afraid of regularly that we fear that we um, have shame about that. We have all these things about if nobody knows that about us, talk about a lonely life. I lived like that for decades because I didn't want anybody to come in and see who I really was. Mm. Now, the relationships that I'm in, if if you're going to speak truth into my life or I'm going to ask for feedback, you better know who I am. Hmm. And I should have, or I, I, I get to have let you into my life in some level so that you know why I'm asking for feedback. That lack of willingness to to share about things that may feel vulnerable, again, it's about us at that point, right? It's, mm-hmm. it, we're, we're concerned right. about our ego, uh, in one form or another at that stage. And you know, I mentioned at the, at the outset of the podcast, the significance of finding contentment in just simply consistently living in our values. And that's wonderful, but you're, you're, you're so right. And I'm glad that you've kind of rounded out our conversation with this point about the significance of relationships. At the end of the day, it's one thing to do these things for ourselves, but man, it's so much more compelling when the effort at living out our values consistently ultimately is about serving others. How does this ultimately, yeah, yeah, sure, I become a better person because of it, but how does this translate to the way that I can more effectively serve others, make others' lives better as a result? Now we're talking about an idea that's way bigger than just me. It's about other people, and it naturally becomes more compelling at that point. It, it enables us to push beyond the, the boredom and you know the temptations and the frustrations because it's about something way bigger than just us. Mm. It's so powerful. I mean, there's not a thing on the planet that I could think of that I can't actually do by myself. Hmm. But in that same exact moment, there's not something in this world that I would want to do alone versus seeing it impact somebody else. Yeah. There's certain things we get to train and then show up to certain things. And there's certain things that we do alone, but it typically is for a purpose, you know, because I, I mean, I want to look in the mirror and be happy with myself, but I also want other people to like, be like, Oh, that guy's taking care of himself. Good for him. You know, like that there, there's something to this. I, I don't want to do everything for approval or acceptance. And so I, I'm careful with that as I say this, but one of my favorite things to do is like sit at dinner and cause laughter. Yeah. Um, I just, I just can't remember the last time I was like in a room and just told myself a joke. Like I laugh <laughs> and I giggle on my own, but it's yeah. not, it's not nearly as fun as when somebody else laughs. Yeah. Like I was just at a, I was at a dinner recently and it was like, we were laughing and man, I was like, I, I just took a moment and I didn't close my eyes cause that might've been weird, but I kind of like mentally closed my eyes. And I was like, I'm just so grateful for laughter. I'm grateful for conversation. And I'm just, I, I love being in this moment with these other people. It would not have been anywhere near the same if it was just me. I've had plenty of meals on my own and <laughs> uh, on the road and, and uh, you know, in airports and all these things. Yeah. There's nothing quite like sitting across the table with somebody. And, and my team knows this, my, um, my leadership team, um, pr- probably all the way into wherever we want to look in the business. We're going to have some cool experiences. When the company's doing well, we like to do things and kind of like have good, fun experiences, like different restaurants and things like that. But what something I've said to, to everybody on my team is if that experience outweighs the conversation that we have, 
then we're doing something that I, I just don't want to be a part of. Hmm. If we, if we can have rich conversations, no matter if we're at like the best restaurant on the planet, we should still be able to have a fantastic conversation and get to know each other a little bit more. Cause I believe that's what we were built for. Well, I think we may have to do another episode at some point, Sean, um, just to delve into how you make people laugh. Cause that is definitely, I it's, it is the, probably my biggest weakness is being a good, or I guess an entertaining individual, especially when it comes to conversation. I, I'm so used to being kind of straight laced and super logical and you think outside the box and the, the number of years that we've been friends, the, the percentage of that time that I've spent just kind of hanging out in the background laughing at your antics and your conversation is, is quite significant. And uh, I have to thank you for that because it's definitely been a source of joy over, the, over time. But uh, you've been super gracious today and, and spending a bit of extra time here and, and kind of finishing on our conversation talking about relationships. I really appreciate it. We just share with our listeners um, not only where they can find you online, but just briefly about the book that you just pushed out as well. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I wrote a book called The Stack. It's my first book, hopefully of a few at least. Um, this book is a book for photographers. And if you could serve every client with an album, would you want to? I know sales is hard. I've taken the word sales out of the majority of the book because I believe that showing up and serving through our photography and also serving them through the way that we show up and create this experience and what we deliver that in matters. And as a photographer for 15 years, that is when I was doing my best is when I showed up, created an experience, documented that experience and delivered it in an album. And we've gotten away from that with the digital world and the pace that we're running at and stuff like that. Show up as the professional and show up for your clients and serve them to the finish line with a printed product that they can put on their wall or put in a book on their coffee table. It's such a gift that you can give to them. But I understand the fear that comes with the the word sales. I'm not a good salesman or my, my I'm not a good salesperson and my, my client can't afford this. It's like, those are two limiting beliefs that we get to take a look at and show up differently in and serve really well through the things that we do, including serving them with things that we sell to them. And um, so I, I wrote a book on it. There's three different ways of, of showing up. The stack is just a stack of books and it just walks you through kind of like how to show up and serve your clients really well in this kind of like new format. It's really an old one that we're just bringing back to life because when we were all filmed, there was no other option but to print. Right. We're kind of getting back to that because there's nothing quite like that tangible when you're holding a print. It's very different than when you're holding a phone, looking at it. I'm grateful for technology, but it's just so different. So yeah, that's my book. Um, you can find it on Amazon. If you type in um, like Sean Gordon and the stack, um, it will it will come up. You can order it on Amazon. Um, and you can find me. Uh, my main platform is Instagram. I've put a lot of um, effort in that. Me and, the, me and the team have. So I'm just Sean Austin, S-H-A-U-N-A-U-S-T-I-N on Instagram. And my company is Kissbooks. So you can find us on Facebook or on, on, on Instagram as well. Uh, but that's my personal brand is Sean Austin. And I'd love to connect with you. Please reach out, um, follow along. Let me know if you have any questions. I really do love le- leaning into this life with, with other humans that want to grow, want to become the next versions of them. I just, I am infatuated with it. And no matter where you are, no matter where you are, if you're in the dumps, if you're in relationships that aren't working, it doesn't mean that at this moment right now, you can't make a decision and be like, but I want more and I'm going to make a plan and a life that's going to head and take me in that direction. And you get to show up. You can take charge of you and how you are. We just can't control the other people that are in these relationships. But the more we become who we are made to be and the purpose and the life that we want, 
the more we lean into that, the more things around us do start to kind of like become that as well. We can't control it, but it is, it is pretty wild how it evolves into we, we show up and we do life consistently life like this for a while and things around us start to flow in a different way. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it is simple. It, you can write it out. You can make a plan. You can simply design this life and then you get to show up and do the work. That, that's how I believe it works. I'm just getting started. I can't wait to, to, to see what's next for yeah. you, for me, for Nathan. And uh, we can become the next version of us. It's, it's a fantastic thing. And, and, and it is a process. And, and I love that we highlighted that in this conversation. And it, likely this episode is going to come out around the first of the year, which is a time where you know people are kind of once a year setting certain goals that in many cases just kind of fall off and, and then they do the same thing again the next year. I think, I think it's a much healthier way of living to mm-hmm. actively uh, really actively attempt to grow at least small steps at a time um, to do so on a consistent basis versus just one-offs here and there. And, and, and the reality, and for those of you listening in, if you just take the time to, to go follow Sean, you'll see the reality is that this is very much possible and not only possible, but, but it brings incredible joy to your life too, if you, if you give it the opportunity. So thanks for sharing all of that with, with us, Sean today. And, and, on an ongoing basis through your social media. We're going to link to all of this in the show notes for everybody listening in, bocapodcast.com, the talking points from today, the resources that were mentioned, and uh, make sure to follow Sean. Send him a DM, ask him a question, send him some encouragement, and uh, I know that he'll be glad to engage with you. Thanks again, Sean. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks so much, photographers, for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought of the show by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at bocapodcast.com. Make sure to visit our sponsors, photographersedit.com, custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and milu.com, that's M-I-I-L-U.com, the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing.